0: So TV Presents. So TV Presents. Happy Tuesday. I hope you are doing well today. I am excited to bring you a special guest today. I sit down with Keitha Landauer and we have a really good conversation about health and nutrition and overeating and binging and faith. And there's just a lot in this 20 some minute episode. So you will want to settle in. So let me just tell you a little bit about Keitha. Let me just read her bio. Keitha is an author, speaker, podcast host, wife, mom, coach, a coffee drinking, lipstick loving Jesus freak. And after almost 30 years of battling her weight and eating dysfunction, she's won the war on her weight. She now has a passion to help other women do the same. On her podcast, War on Weight, she gives her listeners many resources for total transformation in their health, happiness, and confidence. All right, so settle in for today's conversation. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever-changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets and endless exhausting workouts. Listen, beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. Okay, friends, today I have a special guest here with us. Keitha is a good friend of mine, and she has a wonderful podcast. And so we're going to talk about that. We are going to be talking about what is in her chapter of a book. And we're just going to talk about her story with weight loss and her journey. So welcome, Keitha.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am a little nervous as always when someone interviews me, but I think it's funny that I do a podcast and interview people and have a blast with it, but you know, it is harder being on the other side.
0: I understand completely. Yes, I agree. And you have a really awesome podcast. It's called war on weight. And so if you don't mind, just take a few seconds to share a little bit about yourself and what brought you to just really be interested in weight loss. What is your story and then how that brought you into starting a
1: podcast? You know, that that's a that's a loaded question and could be a long story, but I'll give you the quick highlights. Um, So I have been a lifelong yo-yo dieter, binger, so to speak, Um, done every diet program there is out there. I have tried it all. Um, I battled with my weight from, you know, really when I got pregnant with my son, who is now 29. Uh, We're getting ready to turn 29, probably by the time this goes out, he'll be 29. And it was, that was the turning point for me where I could no longer hide my binging. I could no longer hide my weight. Um, you know, as, as, as young adults, we can hide a lot and we can hide our, our weight and our eating because our metabolisms are high and we're very active. And so from the time that I got pregnant until last year or 2021, um, I consistently stayed anywhere from 40 to 70 pounds overweight. And I went in, um, I started having some back trouble. I went in, had a, had a back surgery um, where they said we're going to go in really quick and just they're going to drill out a little hole around my nerve, free up a nerve and all would be well. And I guess maybe they didn't drill the hole in the wrong spot, spot right spot. So here I am going to be really nice right now. So anyway, three months later, I was in more pain than when I went in. Um, and what they found was that during that first surgery, my L5 collapsed, which I had no problem with my any of my disc or my vertebrae going into that surgery. Just a pinch nerve. So at that point, I had a collapsed L5, I had a bulging disc, and two pinched nerves. So mm-hmm. I had to go in and have another surgery, and this time I got a phenomenal neurosurgeon who worked on me and said, you know, you're too young, you're too active, you're too healthy. I don't want to do a fusion. So what I did was. I cleaned it all up. I made it all well, like, but you're going to have to stabilize it, you know, through strength training. And at that moment I knew if I did not want to have to go through what I had been going through for the last 18 months, I had to lose weight and I had to do it then. And so I made a decision to to go on program with a friend and I went all in and said, I've got to lose this weight. And so that was for me was the turning point was it was a health crisis And so a lot of what I talk about on my podcast is about, don't wait to a health crisis because I'm very, I'm still very young and active and, and just going through that and just seeing the potential of what excess weight could do or had the damage it had done, it really was a struggle for me. And so that's kind of how I got there. And then, um, after I lost my weight, I started really feeling like I wanted to do the podcast because I was telling people that like I felt like I was a prisoner that had been set free because I finally had some freedom around food in my mind and my body was I wasn't like just completely buried under um, just all just food. I know that's it's hard to explain, but I was just buried. My, I could not I couldn't see past anything other than than my eating issues. And so that's kind of, I've just been sharing my journey on my podcast.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, mindset comes into play so much and there's so many avenues that we could be talking about when it comes to why we do what we do, why we have the relationship around food that we do. It could stem from when we were six years old. It can stem from being members of the clean plate club, you know, where we couldn't leave our table until we couldn't get down until we had finished our plate, everything on our plate. I mean, that was me. Like I literally could not get down from the table until every drop of food was gone. Mm -hmm. And so we have these mindset hangups, if you will, around food for very good reason. And it takes a lot of intentionality and time and prayer to get through that and to come out stronger on the other side. So yeah, absolutely. You did mention that you struggled once with binge eating and with the, the surgeries and and all of that. I mean, talk, tell us a little bit more about that. What brought you to that healthier mindset around food in particular?
1: So I relate and I really believe I'm a, I'm a lifelong binger. Um, I can think back to when I know that my first like full-fledged binge, I was around 14 years old in my bedroom closet. So I know that it had started before that, but this is, I have one particular memory where that's where I know that the it was a problem. And I think that for me, Secret eating started really early, um, and I think that really defines um, the difference between binge eating and overeating is what is the secretness. And through the secretness of it, it ends up causing a lot of guilt and it causes a lot of shame. And then it creates this vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very difficult um, to kind of work your, to, to explain how that you have this, it's almost like a secret world. Um, and Mm -hmm. And I can, I've talked to many people who've struggled with other addictions and it's a lot of it's the same. It's just, it's one that is food is an acceptable, acceptable in our society. Overeating and gluttony is very acceptable in our society. No one thinks anything about it. If you eat yourself to 225 pounds. However, if you go out and you're teetotal drunk and getting DUIs and hanging out in bars all the time, then people are concerned about you. But, you know, or if you're starving yourself and losing the weight that you've binged, you know, no one seems to be concerned. It's only, it's, it's just an acceptable, it's an acceptable avenue. And I think for me, Not only was I, did I start binging early, I found Christ early. And so I was always, I had my faith as a balance to that. I I think all the time, Lord knows what would have happened to me if I had not. But at the same time, it's a sin that I could do just right in public and nobody, it was okay. You know, that makes any sense. So I think for me, the binging started early. um, And for me, I started doing some classes and things like that around binging, probably about three years ago, and I really had to identify some of those things um, that were causing me to to turn to food. And it was, and and there's a lot to that. And I, I think that that everybody has their own story, and and like you said, how it develops. Um, I think for me, it began with secret eating, and then it turned into numbing of feelings and just not dealing with things.
0: Yeah, so that's a really good uh, explanation of the difference between overeating and binge eating Um, when you mentioned that you're doing it in secret. And then that brings feelings of remorse and shame and guilt and all of that. And this is something that you actually speak about in a chapter of a book that you um, were able to write in the book is called unleash her. So talk to us about that. Give us some information about what you write in your chapter and, and what brought you to that?
1: You know, that was just a crazy thing. So when I was approached to do a book, a wellness and health and wellness book, I was like, Oh yeah, I could figure that out. And they asked, I said, well, maybe you should be involved in this book as well. And I was like, What? I don't know about this. Like I already felt a little uneasy, but at the same time I felt like it was a good space for me to be in. And so I just really started to sit and write and, and I started writing and writing and, and I took and basically just started journaling about my life, like very key moments of my life that was, that I feel like that possibly could have led to how I got to where I am today. Good, bad, ugly, like, Mm. Or just And I wrote it down in very short form, format. And it was interesting for me how when I got to certain topics, I would write a lot more or get to certain events and I'd write a lot more. And so I just picked a few of those and put it in the chapter. So my chapter is called Dig Deep. Um, and I say that sometimes you have to dig deep to find what are the reasons that you buried yourself to begin with before you can unleash her. Because I did not identify with the unleash her until just recently. And so um, I will read you uh, one paragraph from my chapter. Great. Says, I, I found my connection with a church family in, in the grace of God. Over the years, I found comfort in my faith, but moreover in food. With every hurt or pain, I turned to food more and more. And by the age of 14, I was frequently binge eating. These patterns of wanting to be wanted and needing to be accepted continued into my adult life, just in bigger and extremes, bigger and bigger extremes, the relationships relationship issues got bigger with age. The desperation for acceptance led to terrible choices in relationships, career choices, and family. Food became my friend, my comforter, and my companion. I celebrated with it. I grieved with it. I negotiated with myself over it, and it was all okay. Food had become my drug, and it was easy to hide. I binged. I ate in secret. I numbed the hurt of broken relationships, emptiness, and overall, the what's wrong with you feeling.
0: Wow, that is so true. And I'm sure a lot of my listeners can really relate to that and understand that secret place and those feelings um, that are brought up from that. And I, I just love that. So your faith is very integral into what you do and how you came, obviously you were journaling. That's what brought you to having a chapter. Isn't that funny how when we journal our thoughts, and our regular life challenges, sometimes God will turn that and move it and shape it into something that gets put out into the world when it's literally in secret. We think it's just for us, right? So I just think that's beautiful. And I look forward to reading that. You have talked about how you need to armor up and put on the shield of faith and the belt of truth. And you need to really... Um, seek God in your wellness journey and just how that has shaped you. I talk about that as well, especially in my coaching and in my program, I talk about armoring up the belt of truth, all of that stuff, because if we don't have that vertical relationship, first and foremost, then we're just really striving in our own strength. And that's just exhausting. So you have a, a verse that you talk about, that is in first Corinthians 10 23. And it says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. And I have referenced that verse often myself on the podcast or in coaching, because it really puts us in control. Like we have free will, we can decide, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for us. So, since faith has been so integral for you, do you have specific verses that have really helped you as you were going through this journey of recovering from
1: your binging? Yeah, I, that is definitely one of my key verses. I, there's nothing that drives me crazier is when people say, "Oh, you can't have that. Oh, you can't have that. You can't eat that." Yeah, you, know, you don't say that to people when they have a food allergy or if if they just have an aversion to something. But as soon as someone thinks that you're eating healthy or, you know, doing things to, to lose weight or to, to make yourself better, it almost, the spotlight becomes really heavy. And for someone who is a binger, that's very difficult because you almost want to be in the shadows and so that is one of the things for me as part of what I feel like is part of my transformation is I live out loud now. Mm. And for me, some things are not beneficial to me. White sugar and white flour are never going to be beneficial to me. Knowing what that does to our brains and our bodies and our chemical imbalances, it is never going to be a good choice for me. And so that is a really good scripture. Um, the other one that, Um, I really cling to a lot is Psalms 69, five that I can, and it talks about, and I I can't read it verbatim right now, but um, how you can't hide your sin from God. I think that scripture, when I would use it early on in my journey, it would make me feel more guilt Mm. because then I was not only was I not, I didn't feel good about my choices about myself. I didn't feel like I was being a good mom. I didn't feel like I was being a good wife. I didn't feel like I was being a good friend, like because I had all these secrets that I was hiding. And so knowing that I was then also not being a good Christian because faith has been integral in my life since I was very young. Um, I, I still remember the day that that I met Jesus and it was around six years old. And I know he's covered my life in so many ways Um, and has been there for me and guided me. And even when I've gone off the path, it doesn't take me long to get right back. And so I think for me, that led to me a lot of guilt. Um, And so, but now I look at it and remind myself that I can't hide my sin from God, but he loves me anyway. And that was the key part that I had missed was that I had turned into such a people pleaser I also tried to turn into a God pleaser. And so I can't really, now I just know that this is my sin. This is my struggle. God loved me before I started it. He loved me during it and he loves me now. And so I think that's one. Um, And then the other one is, is that um, whoever conceals their sin will not prosper. And those that reveal there's who confesses their sin finds mercy. That for me is the biggest scripture I use um, around hiding my binging is because that it just tells me that if there's something that you need to hide and hide to the depths of what, I mean, everybody has secrets and everybody has things they don't want the public to know, but you really have to know that you can't succeed and get past these type of issues if you keep them to yourselves and hide them. And so I remember um, I did a course um, with a coach that um, I absolutely adore. And I know she won't mind me saying her name, Jane Pilner. And she, it was called binge better. And one of the things that she said to us in that course early on was find someone that you can tell. And she talked about how that, how many years had gone by since she had even told her own husband and I and all I could think was there is no one I can tell. And so I finally that day I texted someone and said I really don't want any questions. I just want to be able to tell you that this is going on and I'm going to text you and tell you what's going on and that's all I'm going to do. Like I was that was it. I was like okay, I'm going to do the baby step and she honored that. And, and I, and I love her for it, that she was able to see those text message and then say, do you need anything like good for you? Like glad you're doing it because that is step one. So I think that for me, making sure that I speak openly about it has released a lot of that guilt. And the other thing that I also have found is since I've started speaking more openly about it is that I have learned, I am definitely not alone. Um, And I've been able to, um, also help and encourage other women who also have the same struggle.
0: Wow, I love that so much. So that was Proverbs 28, 13, Psalm 69, 5, and then 1 Corinthians 10, 23. I love those verses. Thank you for sharing those with us. I, you know, you as well as I, like we both feel very strongly about healthy eating, but also tracking and journaling too. And this goes beyond um you know i have a a whole body approach you know mind body soul spirit and so this might go beyond journaling just your food but that's really important too so you, you know we might need to be journaling everything like i have a food mood poop journal that i talk about because you need to have i love it yeah All of those details, you need to know how the food you're eating is reacting to you, how you're sleeping, all of that, a total whole health journal. But share with us how you um, use journaling as a tool and what kind of information would you recommend that women start putting into? Maybe they don't really like to journal, but what kinds of information would be good for them to start journaling?
1: No, I think journaling for me, and I'm sure that all of our listeners would agree that it goes through phases. Um, I've had times where I journaled a lot. I have um, times where I have stacks and stacks of journals from sermons that I would take notes at church or take notes at a sermon, and then I would write about it and I would journal about it. I think that's a really good place to start. Just your thoughts about scripture is a good place to start. The other thing that I absolutely love to do when my brain is just an overload and I can't figure out what's going on with me. Like if you ever felt like you're just like, just all tied up in a knot and you can't, you don't even know what you need and what you don't need. And I just write down everything that's on my brain, like everything, all the random thoughts. Um, A lot of people call it a brain dump. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of different coaches use that terminology. I find that that is so helpful that it just frees up your brain to think about a little bit of things. Um, And I recommend that to a lot of my clients. Just do a brain dump. A lot of them don't want to journal. For me, um, journal prompts have been a huge, really, really a huge help. Um, I have lots and lots of devotional books and journal books that just have some journal prompts. And sometimes the questions you think, these are dumb questions. Like, why do I want to write about three flowers that I love. I mean, sometimes they're just really random, but it's amazing when you start to write what comes from it. And then I also do, um, I work with um, Maritza Para at Heartwork Journaling um, in her community and she does doodling. So if you've ever mm-hmm. done any type of doodle journaling. So my first thought was, you know, I was very artistic when I was young and I still do a lot of things from time to time, but I've like, I can't really draw like, but it's amazing how the doodling in your journaling brings out a lot more thoughts.
0: Mm. And so
1: I think first and foremost, like you were saying that, you know, you can journal about everything you can, you could make a 16 page journal for a day of all the things that you need to do but I think that like we are talking about the total body is that one, I, we talked about some, some healthy habits and sleep. I think tracking your sleep is really important because when you're feeling off or you're feeling like you're overeating or you feel grumpy, like just seeing it on paper or in an app or however you track it is so key because if you go three or four nights and don't sleep, the scale is up, you're hungry, like it all plays a part. So I think sleep is one, water is another one. So, Mm -hmm. so many different ways, like how you're going to track your water. Um, I've done it crazy ways. I've done it traditional ways. Sometimes I put a ponytail holder around my water bottle and take it off every time I drink 20 ounces, all the way up to having four bottles lined up on top of our water cooler in the kitchen. And, you know, just however you track it, I think hydration has to be tracked. Because even now, after a good two years of me really trying to hydrate, if I don't track it, I still can fall short. And so I think that's one. So however you choose to track it. Um, And then as far as food planning and food tracking, that just varies from person to person. You know, how are you going to track it? Are you going to track it by your calories? Are you going to track it by what you eat? Are you going to track it by food groups? I mean, there's so many different ways. I think so. I think that also if you're intentional about your food plan and what you're putting into your body, that coming up with that plan and then tracking that plan to know that you're successful, because sometimes we think, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. And I haven't done that. I find for myself that if I don't, that I know that even with my to do list, for example, I have a tendency to say, I haven't gotten anything done. But if I was to write down everything I did during the day and then go, wow, I'm superwoman, how did I get all this done? So sometimes we think we don't want to write it down because we're going to see what we didn't do, but sometimes it shows us success. So I would think that really tracking basic habits towards your health goals, whatever they are, and then tracking just, you know, other things that you have going on, things that, that, you know, that you want to make progress in, goals in your business or goals in your personal life or with your family, things that you have, like just to, just to see it. Um, And then I think the last thing that I think can be super impactful for people is a prayer journal, Um, writing down things that you pray for, and then having those there so that when, you go back and look at it six months later. Oh, that prayer was answered because we forget. So if you right. don't write them down. So I think though, that that to me is the most impactful is just seeing all the blessings that we do get when we, we you, you tend not to take them for granted.
0: I agree completely. A hundred percent. Right. And I never used to be a big journaler. Like I would start and stop. And that's, that's life. But I, with age, I have decided that it really is helpful for me. And so I actually am enjoying that part of it now. So I I love that. That's really good information. Well, this has been so fun, Keith. Tell our listeners where they can find you, how can they can reach out to you and just give us all the contact details.
1: Sure. So pretty much you can find me and get anything and everything you need about me and um, the services that I offer right now on CoachKeitha.com, And so I've tried to keep it really clean and simple so that you can go there. You can send me a message there. You can listen to my podcast there. Um, you can sign up for a free one-to-one session to talk to me about your options um, for coaching. Um, it's all right there. Awesome. And I've also got um, a link, a page on there about um, my favorite things um, with some great books and things like that that you can, can find.
0: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Keitha And maybe you are not struggling per se with binging or overeating, but you are really struggling with maybe reaching for more sugar or more caffeine in the afternoon for those pick me ups, right? Like, We've all been there, I am sure. I know that that used to be my big, big thing. A cup of coffee in the afternoon and it's pumpkin spice latte season, so I don't know how you feel about that, how you feel about pumpkin and all of that, but it's just so tempting, right? To just grab that coffee, grab that sugary drink or snack when you were just dragging through the day. And if you were falling into bed each night, just exhausted, I get that because I too have been through that cycle of feeling tired and exhausted and worn out and foggy, just totally fatigued. So if that's you, I want you to close your eyes a minute and just imagine you taking back control over your energy in a way that is doable and sustainable. Finally making yourself a priority so that you can focus on your daily needs and have the energy to do the things that you want to do Not just have to do. Like do you crave the energy to go for a walk after work? Or when's the last time you had a meaningful conversation with your husband? Or maybe even a date night? This is why I created Fatigue Freedom Sessions. Because this is where I help you uncover what your particular fatigue triggers are. Together we will collaborate on a personalized plan to help you reclaim your energy in a simple, sustainable, and doable way. Because you've heard me say before, If it's not doable, we struggle to stick with it. So in your fatigue freedom session, you are taking the first step towards building up your energy levels. And this step will help you to continue moving towards a day of great natural energy without that dragging tiredness. And you will walk away with a simple, customized, holistic health plan. See this one week plan meets you where you are now and it helps you move towards where you want to go so if you are ready to improve your energy levels create healthy habits and start feeling less tired now is the time email me at michelle treasuredwellness.com we will set up your time and you can start to feel better right away. Jump on it. Alright, I pray 3 John 2 over you. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Amen. I'll see you Friday.